When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of The Blue Turf. This is Thad Bell. With me, as always, Eric Bergroot, fine, upstanding scholar and a gentleman. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Thad. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I had a, I was, I was almost running late to this pod because I had a long, long interview earlier today, which will be a probably be a separate pod that will come up later with Mr. Zach Reggett. So I think Mr. people Zach want Reggett, to who's uh, fourth in the league in scoring goals right now. Yeah, but apparently he wasn't up to par for some other teams, apparently. But anyway, that's another story. How excited are you for to see the Comets go play Baltimore this weekend? We talk about road games just about every episode, that. And uh, what's interesting is uh, other shows across the league are now picking this up in terms of looking at particularly how the Eastern teams are performing on the road. And it's been a challenge. It seems like most of the time, with some exceptions, the Eastern teams are, are dominating at home. I think Milwaukee's found a way to win in St. Louis more so than, than the Comets have this year. But Baltimore is beatable at home. But there's this mystique about CQ Arena being this small field that nobody can win on. And yet, if you go back over the last uh, few seasons that Baltimore's played in, teams have gone in there and, and have won. And Dare I mention that the Comets' last championship was on the road in Baltimore. And so a good test for this team. We said this a couple weeks ago, heading into that game at Florida off a big win at home. Will they maintain the momentum? I guess we'll see Friday night. Yeah, and teams have to play wherever they are. I mean, size of the field changes. The the quality of the turf changes. The, board, the bounce off the boards change. So every every team has to be a little bit different. The size of field in Baltimore does perhaps force a little bit more different style of play for teams coming in because it's less open, less room to run. Well, let me draw you a parallel. The San Diego Soccers went into Chihuahua, and Chihuahua's field is small too. And San Diego hyped up the fact that they were shorthanded because of primarily red cards, and they won in Chihuahua. So if you're a good team, you will find a way to win in any arena Indoor, outdoor, big, small, in between size. Yeah, I'm going to play a little at devil's advocate to that, though. You're right. A good team should win on the road, should be able to do all these things. The flip side of it is it, it does have an effect. So you have to be a very good team or really on that day sometimes. And the less, the tighter the competition is, the closer the teams are, the more that home field advantage in those cases does come into play. I stand by what I said, and I agree with what you said. And so, I mean, ultimately, it's going to be uh, another opportunity for the Comets to to show that they can win on the road. It's been tight this year. They've uh, 
gotten an overtime win in St. Louis, but we keep talking about the need to grab three points wherever you can find them. And, and this would be a, a, a really good opportunity as they're battling for that third spot right now with Baltimore in the Eastern Conference. Well, and uh, Florida is a couple points ahead of them also. So they're kind of battling with everybody at the moment. So, so if you think about it, there's uh, games against Baltimore and Florida coming up and actually Milwaukee too. So although they sit right now tied for third, three points behind second and four points behind first in the next two or three weeks, they they can control their own destiny in terms of, of moving up the standings. They could be into first or they could be into, I'll say fifth. I doubt they could drop to six, but you never know. Utica, uh, you mentioned fifth. Utica currently in fifth spot, four points behind the Comets. They have their Mexican road trip this weekend, so they have to go to Chihuahua, and they have to go to Monterey. Chihuahua, other than that that loss to uh, San Diego, has demonstrated how tough they are at home. And, and Monterey, people were expressing doubts about them. I think that they demonstrated last night, last night as we record this to Mesquite, that they they are a dominant team. They thumps mesquite at home and so no easy task here for utica trying to move their way up the the standings yeah monterey is actually a team i expected to be a little bit better this year a little higher in the standings but it's not the way it's turned out so far all right before we do a little dive a little farther into baltimore i guess we should talk about the last game a uh entertaining what was it eight four it wound up being eight four Victory over Milwaukee Wave. The uh, the dreaded wave. Well, you... let, let's set the stage, particularly for our, our listeners who who might not have been at the game or, or, or watched it. We found out right before kickoff that Ian Bennett wasn't going to be able to play. And uh, what we were able to piece together is uh, he picked up uh, – an injury of practice Friday after the injury report had been submitted to the league. So this came as a surprise to us. It was interesting to read some of the comments in, in the Twitch chat because Milwaukee fans all of a sudden were excusing anything that were was about to happen because Ian Bennett wasn't there. And um, I, I think you saw the difference without Ian Bennett in the lineup. But that being said, I think the comments put up such a dominant performance that they would have won regardless. Yeah, it was a, it may have been a little tighter though, quite honestly, because Ian always scores on the comments. She mentioned Zach Raggett, two goals for him. And he wasn't even the number one star of the game. Head coach Leo Gibson on the back line, two goals and two assists. And uh big shout out to Neto for all the uh, comments he receives from visiting fans and, and a few home fans. 25 saves, which he, he came up big for them that game, and, and everything seemed to click. Defense was better. The uh, scoring was terrific, spread out all over the place. I, I still think the Comets are susceptible to counterattacks, and, and you saw that at least on one of the Milwaukee goals. But all in all, a really good performance by that Comets team. It did feel like they did better at limiting those counterattacks, though. I think they they allowed fewer of them and be and they were a little bit less dangerous. So. I, I think they they recognize well teams watch video right. 
they they watch video of their opponents and they watch video of, of their own performance and it's it's not hard to see when you watch a typical comets game empire is the same way when you have teams that want to score a lot of goals you lose the ball you don't score and and the other team's going to try to counter you and i think the challenge for for the comets is they're thin on the back line right now Four defenders, and that includes Leo Gibson having moved himself from target forward to defender. And uh, without James Togba in the lineup right now, there's not a lot of speed in the back, which makes it harder to defend a counterattack. Yeah, and I've, I don't have any real new Togba update other than I've seen him showing up to more stuff and looking okay, but I know he's not, doesn't, he hasn't been in practice that I know of yet. So he's obviously not that close to returning. So, so you're looking at four unless the team is able to make a move and and bring somebody else in. But, but for me, I think they're they're fine at goal defense as long as everybody stays healthy. They've got what it takes to to play good games, game in and game out. I think that the special teams defense looked really good on Saturday on Sunday. And uh, they're starting to click on the on the offense on on the power play with Sosa, Souza, Ray Lee, Leo Gibson, and Zach Rega. That's a pretty formidable group there on on the power play. And then midfielders and forwards are scoring. We, we've seen Milos Vucic now score fairly consistently the last month or so. Lucas Souza has been terrific for sure. And then when you can bring in somebody like Zach Reggett in the lineup and uh, what, seven goals in his first two home games. Yeah. That's uh not too shabby of a start there. Now we just need him to score like those two or three goals on the road every game, right? That's it. Yeah. It still amazes me, but uh, that's, that's for another pod. I do feel like the, the overall game was like, I mean, you, you listed the, the defense was better. They, they were a little better, not allowing the counters, better on offense, better on special teams. They were, it just seemed like a much more complete game all the way around. They could have been a little bit better here or there, and they will be or should be. I think so, too. The other thing I've noticed the last, I'd say, three or so games is they've cut down on the number of penalties, which Comets have a reputation as a team that gets penalties all the time, particularly on the road, and I think they've been more disciplined, and you saw that. In fact, I haven't been able to – uses many of my running joke about the rap patrol and and Kenny Loggins in too many recent games because they've been cutting that down and that's critical too because ultimately those penalties could make or break not only a game but a season yeah that's that's a good point that was another one in fact I think uh, Neto pointed that out after the game when I was talking to him about how they had to focus on cutting that down because they'd obviously it's not a good position to be in being a man down in indoor soccer. All right. Uh, who, I mean, Zach scored a couple goals. Luke, uh, Leo Gibson got the two goals and a couple assists. Sosa was really good. Neto was really good. Uh, anybody else stand out in that last game for you? I, I think Vucic is quietly figuring this game out. It, it is a tr transition from the outdoor game to the indoor game. And, and we're starting to, he's not scoring three goals a game, but he he's consistently putting in goals, which I think is critical. I think Ramon Palmer is, is a quiet leader on the team. He did get a goal 
the other game. He's not expected to score, but he, he can score when needed, which I think is good. At target, what's been interesting, I think Junior Kazim is becoming a force. Teams are are starting to, not that they weren't taking him seriously, but they're taking him seriously. And so the goals aren't coming maybe the way he wants, but I think he puts in the shifts that the Comets need. Rion Marks puts in the shifts the Comets need. He hasn't been scoring as much as we would expect, but the goals are coming here and there. But if Rega can keep scoring the way he has been, we won't be asking where the goal's coming from like we've had to do so much of this season. Uh, I want to ask you about that. You pointed out uh, Vucic's been playing better. I was just double-checking his stats because he's only played six games this year with uh, with having had that visa issue. And he has three goals in those six games, three goals in the last four games, and the one goal he and the one game he didn't get a goal in, he had an assist. So yeah, he is so, becoming a much better, consistent performer in that regard. I think so too. I mean, ultimately, you can't expect anybody to score consistently two, three goals a game. That that's unrealistic. But you don't have to have the same player hot every night. As long as multiple players are contributing, the goals are going to come from somewhere. And and I think there are enough players who have something to contribute to this offense that that should keep the Comets in just about every game. And just looking at the goal scorers for Kansas City right now, like you said, you can't expect anybody to score two goals every night. However, when you do have a lineup of Reggett, Sousa, Sosa, Gibson, uh, Tagba when he's healthy, uh, Rian, you can expect at least one of those guys to have a two goal night almost every night, maybe three. Yeah, somebody's if, hot. If you look at the league leaders, there are comets or have two players in in the three key categories. So Sosa is one goal short of being the assist leader. Leo Gibson's in the top ten. Zach Reggett is fourth in the league in scoring, and Lucas Sosa is seventh. And then if you look at overall points, Reggett and Sosa are in the top 10. So it's not just one player. There's multiple players involved, which is good. And I think you'd want to see consistency across the board and that multiple players are getting involved in the offense. And uh, one other I'm going to throw in there too. I mean, there's obviously a lot of, a lot of other players, but uh, Christian Andereos, he's got five goals in this, the, just the nine games he's played so far this year. If he'd have played the full season, that would put him more up in the double digits category. So, let me let me throw one other stat uh, for you to consider, and I, with the understanding that the number of games that teams have played are a little unbalanced, the the league leader in saves is Nicolau Neto, two hundred nineteen saves. That's a lot of saves, and so Kansas City doesn't rely on shot blockers as some other teams do, where you see. Defenders leading a league in, in shot blocks or blocked shots. Neto saves a lot. And, and we saw 25 last weekend. And so for some critics of his will point out that he gets scored on low, which I mean it, it's going to happen, but you're going to get beat in all sorts of different places in this game. We've seen multiple goalkeepers get nutmegged, including Willie B on uh, Sunday, but I would challenge any fan of the game, put yourself about 20 feet away from Zach Raggett when he's on and 
let me know if you're going to be able to shot stop a shot, whether it's high between your legs, low, or anywhere else. No, that dude's got a laser when it when he hits it, man. Nobody is stopping it unless it he just happens to hit him. All right. Uh, speaking of Reggett, not that his name comes up a lot on this pod lately. He had just he had been in uh, U.S. football camp last week before that game, and arrived that morning. The uh, little story behind that, from what I understand, is that they uh, the flights were being delayed because of weather. So he and his uh, U.S. football teammate uh, S.K. drove to St. Louis. And then they found he found transportation back to Kansas City because he really wanted to be here to play. Uh, that shows somebody who's a team player is putting his team first rather than individual glory. And uh, I think his teammates respect. We we heard this from John Sosa. We heard from others uh, the perception of the humility that he's coming to camp, or he's coming to this team with, and and he's not coming in as a prima donna as some might have assumed. He's coming as somebody who wants to earn the respect of his teammates and to do what he can to help everybody get a ring. When I was talking to him earlier today, he he was telling me about that story about how to get back. And I forget the exact timing, but I want to say he arrived about noon uh, for, I think it was a four o'clock game. And so he didn't have much time, much rest. And he had been in communication with uh, the commas trainer, Sean. Dumers. Yeah, I was, I'm always afraid I'm going to say that name wrong, but because I always just say Sean. Sean's a good guy, but he was in communications with him. So when he arrived, Sean had everything ready, set up to give him the best chance to perform chiropractor, massage person, whatever. And he just he he gave the shout out to Sean when I was talking to him. So I wanted to communicate that also here and give Sean a guy who doesn't always get enough credit. That's a great story too. Is, is ultimately, if, if you're going to win a championship, it's not just the players on the field. It's not just the coaches, but there are unsung heroes, in some cases heroines, all throughout the team who make that championship possible. Yeah, a little off topic, but I remember seeing that there was uh, some trainer that nobody knew the name of who helped some guy named Patrick Mahomes heal his ankle enough that he could play in the little game that they were playing a couple of weeks ago. Imagine that. So he, they made sure to get her picture out there that she was the one that helped to get the 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 project, the process there for him to get his ankle ready. All right. Anything else from the, the Milwaukee game? I think we covered it other than, as usual, it, it, there's, uh, for me, it, it's, a, it's a more intense rivalry than KC-St. Louis. I think you see it on the field. You definitely see it between the fan bases and, Ultimately, the Comets have done what they've needed to do so far this season. They have to go up there one more time, and that'll be a really good test to see if the Comets can get some points on the black turf. Did uh, did you see any Milwaukee sucks signs or anything like that from the Kansas City faithful? Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, and and no Wave fan got into anything in Kansas City. In fact, I had dinner with uh, some Wave fans after the game, and um. And, I think it's all good. I, 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 my, my perception is there are some Milwaukee fans that want to make this into a spirited rivalry in a certain way. And I don't know that Kansas city fans want to 
follow suit the way that wave fans want them to but it is what it is that was uh another little thing from that from uh, Neto and when you were talking to him after the game and I think he just I forget the exact wording but he tried to say that they were taking the high road in this process so so what's funny is I I had to give some thought to who I was going to interview and I had interviewed Zach the previous game his debut in Kansas City and I had recently interviewed Leo on the field and I just sort of had this sense of there, there was a lot of banner in that fourth quarter in the Twitch chat and, and Milwaukee fans were starting to lose it. I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to interview Neto and just see what happens? Although I didn't know what he was going to say down there, but but uh, let's just say I was inspired to select Neto based on the banner and chatter in the in the Twitch chat. And uh, Neto, again, he, he, he made the comment. He kind of tweaked them a little bit, but he still kind of took the high road at the same time, so... Yeah, and he earned uh, third star, I think, on my ballot. I had him as second star of the game. So, I mean, legitimately, he had a great game. And uh, and yet there's some people who want to critique him on, on certain goals. The thing about indoor soccer is it is so rare for any goalkeeper to have a perfect game. And, yes, Milwaukee shut out St. Louis, and and that's fine. But it, That probably it, says almost as much about St. Louis as it does the keepers. I mean, great job, obviously, but – it's rare. And so you can get very picky on, on anything, but ultimately what you want to see is consistency and what you want to see is results. And if, if I have a goalkeeper who's making a lot of saves, maybe regrets a goal or two, they gave up a game, but the wins are coming. I, I want to focus on the wins rather than assuming that everything has to be perfect. Yeah. No keeper in indoor is going to have a perfect game like you said it's very rare i think i saw a stat that was the only the 150th shutout in like indoor history yeah so on on the other thing is if if we were going to apply the same logic then we would critique critique every goal scorer who skies a shot think about how many times you're at cable dom arena and you see a player hit a ball into the stands if if we're using the same logic that Every time a goalkeeper gives up a goal that may or may not be questionable, we're going to critique him. Most people don't apply the same logic to to a goal scorer who has a a really good opportunity, wide open space, and and puts it up under the net. Yeah, I, I think I I do, but it's just harder to call out the four people who had a bad shooting day when it, there's one keeper. But no, I, I I understand what you're saying. All right. Uh, I know we already talked a little bit about Baltimore, but back to that now. Uh, I walked into the world-famous Casey Soccer Dome this morning. And... I don't even have to say it anymore. You've got it. Yeah, I'm just – I don't know how I got led into doing that. But anyway, walked in, and there was no player out on the field. And I'm like, am I late? Am I early? Well, they weren't out on the regular practice field. They were in the little practice field next door so they could work in a uh, tighter, shorter space to prepare for the game. Smart. So I, I watched from over there for a little while, and it was uh, interesting to listen to. I don't, because I'm not going to give away their training secrets too much, but it was just fun to listen to and watch that practice and preparation for the different environment that they will play in. Well, it- it, it, this the space is tighter, but ultimately some of the fundamentals are the same in terms of 
defend as a team, pass the ball well, take advantage of special teams. That that doesn't change even on a, a smaller field. But but I think that a lot of it is mental too, which is if you lose the ball on a longer field, you have more time to recover, not so much on a shorter field. So in some cases, it's it's as much mental as it is physical when you're when you're playing an environment like that. Yeah, the the defense when they're controlling the ball needs to be extremely careful not to turn it over. We've already talked about the speed, but that they can shoot from almost you know. Shorter field allows them to shoot from a, a what would appear to be a farther distance, but not. I didn't say that very well, but you know what I mean. I do, and and Baltimore has multiple players who can score, but Lucas Roque is having himself quite the season: twenty-eight goals in seventeen games, and and legitimately has positioned himself as an MVP candidate and uh, scoring at home, scoring on the road, but, but they have four players with, with 10 goals or more. And so it's not just Roquet, it it's multiple players. The, the other person I, I've been impressed with, and I haven't seen a lot of Baltimore play this year, but what I've seen is uh, they picked up uh, Patrick Thompson who has six goals from the back line. And, and so it's not just the forwards who are contributing to, to the blast success. They're finding different ways to score. And and uh, William Benzela, by the way, it's his birthday today. So we're recording it. Happy birthday, William. He's tough anywhere, but but particularly there at CQ. Yeah, he's. Uh, I was looking through the roster before we started talking, and there's so many names. I used to like know every Baltimore player, but it's uh, it's down to just a few that I know really well now. Well, the uh, one that doesn't get as much uh, conversation as he did in the past is Max Ferdinand. Talk about right. somebody who's spent a lot of time tormenting the Comets, but uh, he's he's had health issues over the last couple of years. He's back, and uh, the way he used to do this with with Ian Bennett in terms of setting B- Ian Bennett up to score, he now has some options here in, in Baltimore to do the same thing. Yeah, he's uh, I think seven goals in fourteen games, but ten assists. So yeah, he's right. he's a name that it had disappeared for a little while, but always always a guy who would kill the comments too. All right, anything else we should discuss about Baltimore this week? Other than we got to get feel com- they feel confident at home, right? So I I would say that they're going to come into this game feeling like they should win, which which I totally get. Is there an opportunity for the Comets to steal points? Absolutely. Baltimore is seven and one at home, so it's not like they've been perfect. This could be a, a really big momentum maker or breaker for the Comets. They they've won this one this past weekend, but it seems like they went at home and then all the momentum stops on the road. If they could pick this one up, then all of a sudden you can see how. March might be a really good month for this franchise. Yeah, especially with having another game against Baltimore at home after that. And then all the and like Florida, earlier, all the other yeah. top teams. Yep, that's right. It's uh it is kind of make or break time for the Comets if Steve the moves they've made pay off. And again, I think they'll they'll be in the playoffs, whether it's a sneak into the playoffs or barge into it at the near the top, but 
it's better to barge into it with some momentum and some confidence. Yeah, that that's a fact. And they have seven games left. S- still have an opportunity at first place. But we'll see. I mean, as I said earlier, in a way they they control their own destiny that if they keep winning, the teams that they'll be beating are ahead of them in the in the standings. So they can literally lift themselves up. All right. With that, I think we have uh, probably talked enough about these two games and everything else. So I appreciate the time, Eric. As always, thanks, Dad. We are out.